Hello there, everyone. Welcome to Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast and the video cast where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world. I'm over here in beautiful Ecuador, just got into Baños, which is a famous area for the hot springs. So we're looking forward to hitting the hot springs and enjoying the beautiful weather and the beautiful uh, climate and culture here. On today's interview, I actually have the opportunity to interview Rebecca Carvalho about her uh, family, about her travels, and about her business. So, Rebecca, why don't we start off by getting to know you a little bit better if you're going to do a quick introduction and a quick little background about yourself. Sure. Thanks, Ricky. I appreciate this opportunity to be here on your podcast. Um, I Years ago, when I first came across the idea of doing this, as much as I love traveling, I thought I could never do that. And um, and then, uh, see, about, I guess it was the last winter, I'm in the Northern Hemisphere, so last winter, um, we kind of had the we kind of had a realization that my oldest is going to be a junior in high school, and the clock's ticking. And the clock's ticking, and we because of situation we haven't given her all the experiences we wanted to, and so we decided we needed to make a decision and do things quickly. So we decided to get rid of everything. We rented our house. We weren't we didn't know we rented, so we just decided that when the contract was up at the house, we were just going to take off everything and um, we bought a car top tent which it was just coming out it was on Kickstarter so we actually even though we paid for it it isn't here yet but we're gonna be traveling primarily around the US for now um, mostly because my husband he's he's Brazilian citizen he doesn't have his US citizenship yet and so he can't be out of the country more than six months at a time and so as well as long as he still is a permanent resident we're probably gonna stay in the in the US we don't want to have any problems there. So, and it's there's so much to see here anyway. I love this country, so why not? Though so I'm yeah, just dying to go overseas, just dying. I'm itching so bad to get to go see the world. <laughs> yeah, the U.S. and Canada and North America is definitely a beautiful continent. So much to see and do. Uh, you can explore it for years on end. So, um, I actually have a similar situation to you, uh, where I'm actually Canadian. My wife's Filipino, but she's on a permanent residency. And if she stays out of the country too long, she can actually lose a permanent residency too. But apparently, if you're married to Canadian, uh, they say that you can't lose it. But uh, she's actually having to deal with the same issues. And while we're traveling on a passport, it's much harder. Um, she's to get a lot of visas when she's traveling. So she's in the process of getting her citizenship too, which will make it much easier for a family to travel with all of us being on the exact same passport. <laughs> so I can relate. I can relate to your struggles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you tell us about the emotional and the mental, uh, the release that happened uh, through the process of getting rid, decluttering it, and becoming uh, stuff-free or clutter-free. Well, when we moved into the house, I didn't expect we were going to be doing this, but I did. Ex I just kind of had in the back of my mind we were only going to be in that house for a year. And so fortunately, from the time I moved in, I was working on getting rid of things and organizing things. Had I known, I would have gotten rid of more from the beginning rather than just organizing it and getting everything, you know, perfect and organized the way I like it. But, um, yeah, we, we had, we had, you know, I guess if everybody has a lot of stuff, even if they don't realize they do. And we, we had a couple garage sales. We posted things online for sale. We gave tons and tons and tons and tons and tons and tons of stuff away. Essentially, we traded everything we own for three laptops. Because <laughs> we needed three new laptops. For, my husband needed a new one, and my kids, we needed new laptops for them for homeschool. So we traded everything we own for three laptops. 
and um, it was it was really worth it. But I remember one day we were having our one of our garage sales, and we, you know, we just put everything outside for that day, and um, I don't know, we made like four hundred bucks that day. Not 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 great. And then we put everything out on the curb for a little bit, and then at the end of the day we just hauled it off to we'll put it on the curb for free. Then we hauled it all off to a thrift store um after we had announced that there was free stuff there and um at the end of the day we my husband and i we realized we were absolutely drained completely completely exhausted and we were way more tired than we should have been considering the amount of work we've done well sure you know garage sales are, are a lot of work but we realized it was the emotional letting go of everything and, and basically you know we we'd spent years accumulating things accumulating things we loved and um and we just let it all go and when we when we once we realized that that's why we were so tired was because of the emotional getting rid of things it, then we were able to deal with that piece and it made it a lot easier but um you a lot of people when they move they're like oh that was so hard that was so much work i'm never going to do it again and our case was it was a lot of work and i think getting rid of everything is actually honestly more work than packing it up and moving it it's it's more work on both physically and emotionally and mentally and all that stuff but it was so rewarding and so fulfilling and the very day that we were out of our house um we we were scrambling to get out on time telling everybody around me this is so worth it i do it all over again and which was so refreshing to say that when other people move they're like i'm never going to move again this is the last time i'm ever going to move and i just think it's so liberating to just unload everything and I just felt like a million pounds lighter. So worth it. I never want to go back. Never want to go back. <laughs> I can relate. I can relate. On uh, in December we left our hometown of Vancouver, BC, Canada. We had the same purging process just like you did. Garage sales. Uh, we had friends come over, pay mm -hmm. whatever you want, take whatever you want. We got their money, they got our stuff. I think we got the better end of the deal. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, so, it's, it's been fun shrinking it, and even we're out of the house, we got rid of nearly everything, and we're still shrinking. We're still trying to see how small can we make it. We are as well. You know, uh, we're traveling pretty much full uh, uh, time right now, nomadically, and we're pretty much traveling on carry-ons only, which is tough because, uh, especially if we're going to, we're traveling a lot with summer clothes, like t-shirts and shorts and all, but we're heading south. We're actually in Ecuador now, heading south, and getting a little bit colder, so we're like, oh no, we need to buy more winter clothes. And guess what? Winter clothes actually, uh, they're heavy, right? So uh, yeah, we make decisions there. So curious to know about your journey. Uh, tell us about which city are you based in and which cities uh, have you gone to so far and which states have you been to on your travels uh, through this journey? Well, I am originally from Utah um, and we've only been, it's been about a month and a half since we were out of our house and so we're still mostly in Utah. We've traveled a little bit, um, not very far away, so we can come back and finish up some more things with my husband's work because they're not quite ready to let him just take off and go. Um, I'm trying to leverage that and see if they can just send him to China for a few months. That might work. Then maybe we can satisfy both of us. <laughs> and then I'll, um, and that'll be nice too, especially if his work pays for it, right? Provide us with a place to stay and pay for our airfare. So we're a package deal. If he goes, we all go. So, uh, what are your plans? I mean, uh, you're based in Utah. Uh, you're uh, trying to get your husband 100% free. What are your plans? Uh, I know it's a little bit uncertain, but uh, tell us your perfect scenario. Where do you want to go? 
I'm just keeping it open. I, I have I have a few events on a live events on my calendar that I have to be in certain cities at certain times for those events. And apart from that, I'm just uh, just going with the flow. I'm not making big plans beyond that. I'm just kind of letting the situation lead me, and it's it's really quite liberating. I know a few years ago, um, I, I have an uncle who told me he'd been to the North and the South Pole and all seven continents, and I was pretty impressed, you know. And then he told me he'd been to 95% of the counties in the U.S., and then I was really impressed. 95% of the counties, there's like over 3,000 of them. So I made a map. I, I kind of, this was several years ago, I kind of followed my life back. And so I've actually documented every county in the U.S. I've ever been in, actually the U.S. and Canada every county I've ever been in in my life. And while it's not exactly a goal to go to 100%, it's something I'm going to keep tracking. And so I'm going to kind of go out of my way to visit new counties. And I, I track it all. I've got maps that I do that on, on using Google Fusion Tables, and that's really a lot of fun. So that'll keep me satisfied in the U.S. for the time being, even though I'm just really itching to go overseas. So speaking of overseas, uh, what are some of the places that you want to see? Any bucket list items in terms of countries or destinations? You know, as a child, I always knew I was going to travel a lot. And um, I was very aware as a child that rather than saying, I, I want to go here, I want to go there, I, I, I kind of felt this abundance in my heart about the fact that I would have abundant opportunities to see so much. And so I never attached too much outcome to seeing specific things. I just really want to see and experience as much as as broadly as possible and let life situations kind of dictate and guide me to where I go rather than me doing that. And that's works for me so far. I've, I've spent, uh, especially just after college or at the end of college, I spent considerable time overseas just on that method. Um, and it worked perfectly for me and I'm back on track with that now. It took a few years where I was off track from the travel, and now I'm being authentic me again, and I'm just going to let it happen. Very cool, very cool. I think um, the more you travel, you become a, a little bit more spontaneous and free-flowing, yeah. and um, you know, happy-go-lucky, if you want to call it that. Um, exactly. Tell us about some of your different uh, income streams and businesses you're working on. I mean, obviously, your husband's still working. Uh, what are you working on currently? I do primarily copywriting. I do coaching and consulting as well. I'm launching a mastermind. And um, my copywriting is mostly in the coaching space, um, the personal development transformation space. I, I write copy for uh, Callan Rush and Justin Livingston primarily and for a couple of other people as well. And so I, I love the fact that I get I have an in in that space and I get, have access to all kinds of information and um, seeing, seeing what really works and what doesn't work up at that level. And then I just, so for mostly I've been helping other people grow their businesses um, as a consultant and a copywriter, and I'm looking forward to doing more building my own business for me with my own message and my own things. And this, I appreciate this opportunity to get on your podcast and be seen. Yeah, no worries. That's why we uh, do our show. We love to profile different families and different travelers and different uh, ways of living nomadically, like, uh, you know, even uh, kind of like what you're doing before. And then if I interview you a year from now, it'll be a whole different mm -hmm. game. <laughs> yep, exactly. Exactly. And uh, by the way, I know uh, Callan and Justin personally. I'm from Vancouver and uh, they're from Vancouver and I, I have. Uh, 
know them from different events and I actually yeah. I'm on the email list and I see a lot of the emails and I've seen a lot of their uh, products and services and you've definitely done an amazing job I, I didn't know that you were the the lady behind the copywriting so good on you well done thanks yeah I really enjoy it it's all I need is a computer and an internet connection and I'm good to go I can mm -hmm. be anywhere Yes, and that's the beauty of being a nomad. Unfortunately, when you're traveling, you don't always have perfect Wi-Fi. Even uh, today, when we're trying to do this interview, ah oh, man, it's so frustrating. Uh, but uh, <laughs> you kind of go with it, and uh, you know, you pray and you hope uh, that you have good Wi-Fi. You can do things like speed tests uh, on your phone. The speed test uh, app, and uh, there's a uh, speed test on the laptop, and there's fast.com. If you type that in, it'll tell you the speeds of uh, upload and download. And of course, outside of North America. Uh, it's not as good, uh, so I uh, sometimes right. take granted uh, our Wi-Fi for granted over there in the West and definitely in Canada and the U.S. Yeah, we got we get kind of spoiled over here. We have good a lot of blessings, but that's one thing I love about traveling is that when you see other ways, you can see one the beauty that they have that we don't have here at home, and also appreciate the beauty that we have at home and the convenience we have at home. Either way, it's it's beautiful to see. So tell us about uh, how are you handling the whole uh, schooling side of things? Uh, have you pulled them out of school and uh, how are you handling the world schooling, homeschooling side of things? Yeah, we're working. Our school is really fantastic. Um, like I homeschooled for years and then I put my kids in a really great charter school for a couple years. And now I'm pulling them out again. But the, the school is very, very flexible with homeschoolers. And um, my sister actually is doing the same thing as me. She moved out of her house a week after I moved out of mine. And so we're kind of going through the same process together and our kids were at the same school. So we're kind of, in, we're kind of breaking the school into the world schooling um, realm of things. So we've been working with the school and they're very, very willing to let us even uh, get, on, get online, get on Zoom and do, a, for example, a presentation in, in, in front of students at the school which is an unusual situation. And they, at this school, they have mentors instead of teachers, and so we're still gonna have the mentors working with us even though we're everywhere, anywhere. And uh, so I'm right, right now I'm in the process of writing up a curriculum proposal for each, um, each class, how we're planning on handling it, and the school is just more than happy to bend over backwards and, and let us do it our way. Good school, it's a really good school to work through. I'm curious about your kids. How are your kids handling it in terms of their, their transition, uh, leaving their friends behind, leaving structure and stability behind? Uh, we always love to hear from the kids' perspective. They're doing great. I, our philosophy in the very beginning was we weren't going to do this unless all four of us were enrolled in it. If everybody was on board, we would do it. If not, then we wouldn't. And so fortunately, we were all on the same page. It was a very quick decision. And... Um, so far, um, there haven't, I mean, once in a while, my younger daughter, she's 13, once in a while, she kind of has a tinge of missing her, her you know, a couple of people. Um, but apart from that, she's good. And considering the fact that her cousin, who's her really good friend, is on the same journey and taking off the travel just almost simultaneously with us, that, that makes it easier and harder, I think. We're hoping, to, we're hoping to run into my sister along the road somewhere. She's traveling by RV through the US, and so we can meet up probably once in a while. Well, we've got to get your sister on the show too. It'll be good to get her mm -hmm. perspective. Uh, we love interviewing uh, you know, different types of travelers. Yes. So uh, yep. what, what advice or tips would you give to someone who's maybe thinking, they might be watching this interview here, and they're kind of jealous. They're like, hey, these guys have left it all behind, even though they have families and 
uh, homes and uh, things and uh, uh, they've, they've become nomadic. Um, what advice or tips you give to someone who's thinking of doing what you've done and what I've done? Well, my, my advice is just go ahead and do it because really, truly, there isn't very much we get to take with us after this life. Experiences, we get to take our knowledge and we get to leave behind with our families. We get to leave a different form of a legacy of experiences and life experiences and to make our, our families richer, more, give them a different perspective. I believe travel is the most powerful form of education, particularly international travel, when you're experienced with, when you're exposed to something new. And it's one of the best things you can do for your kids. And leaving everything behind is 100% worth it. I have no regrets. And I've not talked to anybody who's gone on this path who has regrets about leaving things behind. Not one person. Yeah, definitely, uh, we left in December last year and definitely no regrets. No regrets. Yeah. Should have done it sooner. <laughs> if there's any regret, it's going to be along those lines. Should have done it sooner. And you know, our kids, uh, there's our kids. You want to say hi, guys? Yeah, do you guys have a question for our guest today? What's your favorite country? What's my favorite country? Yeah. Oh, gee, that's, that's easy. I, I'm married to a Brazilian, but my favorite country is actually Peru. <laughs> I love Peru. I love everything about it. I love the people. I love the culture. I love the food. And I hear you're on your way there pretty soon, and I'm kind of jealous. Enjoy it. <laughs> Yeah, we're connected uh, to, through both, both those countries you mentioned. Uh, we actually started our trip in South America and Brazil. And from Brazil, we went to Argentina, Paraguay, French Guiana, Suriname, Guyana. Then we hopped over to Colombia, then Venezuela. Then now we're here in beautiful Ecuador. And we're he heading over to uh, Peru just next week, uh, overland. And then from there, heading to Bolivia. And then uh, ending off in uh, Chile, Argentina, and Uruguay. So pretty much doing every country in South America that's a global by December. So stay tuned for those. So where are you going in Peru? Uh, we're going to go overland into Lima, and then from Lima we're going down south to Arequipa, and then we're going over to Cusco, and then Machu Picchu, and then over to Lake Titicaca, and then over to La Paz. So we'll probably stop in a few more places, but that's the general itinerary. But I'm open to more advice. Any tips or advice from you? Yeah. Uh, where to go? You're going down the coast in Peru? You're going down the coast? Yes, yes, we are. Oh, my goodness, there are ruins all along that route. So I'd recommend you go and check out those ruins. I mean, though they have some of the most amazing ruins in the world there. You go, are you headed to Machu Picchu while you're there? Of course, how could you miss Machu Picchu if you're going to Peru? We gotta go there, yes. Yeah, you gotta go to Machu Picchu. You gotta go to, and you're going to Lake Titicaca, I imagine, when you're going to Bolivia? Yes, yes, of course. Good, well, eat some really good food. Eat some good food, check out as many ruins as you can. And um, don't find like this is just me. I'm not a haggler. I don't believe in haggling. Um, when I when I was in Peru, I had an experience. I was there in, in Cusco one time, and I was asking. I just I don't know. On a whim, I was just asking people, "How much time did it take you to make this? And how much time did it take you to make that?" And the people were giving me really consistent answers, and it it actually broke my heart. It broke my heart um, to hear that they were doing basically a full day's work for the equivalent of about a dollar or two. And I made a commitment to myself never to haggle. Those people work so hard and they have a hard life. And so just an advocate, I'm an advocate for the, for the average person who works hard, who's poor in those countries. They have a, a tender spot in my heart. I love them. I love them deeply. So 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was actually just in um, uh, Otavalo market in Ecuador, and it's the largest market in South America. And um, you know, the people they charge, they, they do so much work uh, for the handicrafts and the textiles and the, <laughs> all this, the, the arts and crafts they do. And at the end of the day, they're selling it for so little. And it's very, like you said, heartbreaking because it's their livelihood. And uh, we're bargaining for like one and two dollars, like, you know, just give it to them, right? Yeah, and when you ask them about their situation and their story, I remember this one woman in Cusco. She uh, she was the sole provider for her family. Her husband, um, I don't remember where he was. He wasn't around at the very least. And she had two very small children, and her parents were elderly and, and not well. And so she was the sole provider for everybody. And I, one item that it took her about a, a month or about a week to make, she was selling it for about seven or eight dollars. And I'll tell you, my heart just broke for her. Just so much work, so much work with so such a heavy load on her shoulders. These people are they're real people, and 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 it's not right. It's not right to ask less of them, to ask them to charge less. They're, yeah, they're, 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 they're an important lesson and an important takeaway for our guest today. If you are traveling, uh, make sure you uh, you know uh, don't be stingy especially when you're uh, connecting with the people who are working so hard. So great lesson, Rebecca. Uh, if people yeah. wanted to connect, yeah, if they wanted to connect with you, uh, find out more about your journey, uh, maybe get some tips or advice, uh, how can they connect with you? What's your uh, website, social media handles, uh, uh, ways to reach out? Sure. I'm on Facebook, and my name on Facebook, it's, it's Rebecca Horn Carvalho. And that's how you can find me on Facebook, or just Rebecca Carvalho for my, my fan page. Also, I've got... Um, on Instagram, it's traveling underscore family, and then I I, I haven't built much my own uh, profile for business yet, but I'm I'm getting ready to. We decided to just jump into the travel thing and then figure out the business part after. So I have uh, bought a domain name that I haven't done anything with yet, but we're going to be using zilch2zoom.com. So that's going to be coming in the next week or so. We're going to get that launching. So zilch2zoom.com. So you can find us there, and I guess first thing I'll set up is the email, and then get a web press site going on, and it'll be fun. <laughs> awesome! Yeah, I've got a lot to share, so I've got I got to get that going. <laughs> what does the name mean? Zilstizum. Uh, walk us through the etymology of the name. How did you come up with it? Um, well, I came up with it um, just going from nothing to going fast. It doesn't, the growth doesn't have to be slow. I mean, I went, we went from doing, not, for example, not much travel to we're going to be doing a lot of travel. And it, it can be like that in life. You can just make a sudden transition and just go. And you can expect to get a lot in return. So, yeah, and so we're going to be doing that with our, with our consulting as well, our, our business consulting, Zilch to Zoom, as well as the travel blog. It's all going to be together on the same page. And for all I know, I'll buy another domain too. But that's one, one thing that we're going to be doing is Zilch to Zoom. And you can email me as well on, at Rebecca at RebeccaCarvalho.com. And Carvalho is spelled C-A-R-V-A-L-H-O. That's C-A-R-V-A-L-H-O, Rebecca at RebeccaCarvalho.com. And Carvalho means oak tree. It's a good name. <laughs> awesome. Love it. Uh, yeah, when I was uh, in Portugal, uh, when I was in Brazil, I, I met a lot of people with the last name. I think it's a common uh, last name over there. It is. It is. Yeah. Yep. So from uh, Zilch to Zoom, that's uh, something we did. Uh, in December, we went from Zilch, selling everything to Zoom. Now we are at 70 countries on six continents and 
we're keeping going. We're looking forward to seeing them all. Uh, so thanks for your time, Rebecca. It was great to connect with you. I'm glad the technology worked out. And I look forward to meeting with you somewhere down the road. And happy travel. Yes. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. You're very welcome. And thank you, everyone, who's uh, lent us your ear today, listening on podcasts, and lent us your eyes uh, on YouTube, watching us. Uh, if you are watching us, make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube so you can get updates about all of our future guests. And make sure you uh, subscribe to us and leave us a rating with a review on iTunes. That really helps up, uh, helps us with the podcast, um, you know, uh, getting found in uh, the podcast directories. And uh, make sure you connect with Rebecca. I'll have those links below. And make sure you connect with us, Digital Nomad Mastery, across the whole World Wide Web. And also join our Facebook group, Digital Nomad Mastery, uh, the community, where you can connect with our previous guests, future guests, and current guests, and also connect with other digital nomads, other world travelers, other internet marketers. And if you are thinking of getting on the road, you can ask any and all questions. There's no such thing as a stupid question. And our community is there to help you out and get you going to become nomadic as well. So thanks, Rebecca. Thanks, everyone. We'll catch you in the next episode of Digital Mastery, the podcast and the videocast where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world.